Welcome to Live in a Home That Pays You Back, the podcast for people who want to get the absolute most out of owning a home. Your host is Anna D. Simone, who explains how your home can be healthy, sustainable, and provide long-term security for you and your family. Anna's guests include technology leaders and innovators in the housing industry who share the kind of knowledge you need to meet the market with confidence. Make informed decisions about home construction, renovation, energy scores, water conservation, wind, solar, geothermal power, and lots more. It's time for you to live in a home that pays you back. Now here's your host, Anna DeSimone. Hello everyone, this is Anna Simone, and today we are traveling to the Knoxville, Tennessee area to speak with Dan Mitchell. He is the founder of Eagle CDI, a company that has been designing and building custom homes for 25 years. Dan specializes in high-performance, energy-efficient homes using cutting-edge environmental practices and smart home technologies. He is a sought-after consultant to home builders, building associations, and housing developers throughout the United States. Now, Dan, I know that you have been busy, busy because Knoxville, Tennessee is currently ranked number six on the list of the top 100 metros for home appreciation by the Federal Housing Finance Agency, which I study on a daily basis. So right now, the current growth rate on homes in the Knoxville, Tennessee area is 15.9%. And these ratings have been climbing uphill for the past five years. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to speak with us today, Dan. Welcome. Well, thank you very much, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be a, a joy to be able to speak to you a little bit about not only the industry, but also what we're doing in this particular market. Yeah, yeah. So fill us in. Tell us a little bit about your company. And I'm really anxious to hear about your gorgeous 72-acre development called Ego Cliffs, because I was just drooling over the pictures that I saw on the internet. So tell us. Oh, you're too kind. Um, Well, first and foremost, uh, Eagle CDI Incorporated has been around since the late 90s. We've been doing business here in this market for obviously many, many years. Uh, We've built well over 400 homes in this market. We develop property, we build homes. We're also known for building, you know, high-end log and timber frame homes in this market. Because just right outside of Knoxville is the beautiful community of Gatlinburg, Tennessee and the Smoky Mountains. And we have a lot of our individuals that come from all over the country to be able to want to stay in the Smoky Mountains and, and stay in one of the nicer log and timber frame homes that we build. So that's a part of the niche of the market that we've enjoyed for many, many years to be able to build. But we have been come to known to be able to build what we call these high performance mountain modern architectural style homes uh, using natural materials. We call natural element materials, whether it's stone, uh, the, the type of siding material that we're using, which would be the wood style siding and so forth that go on the exterior of the homes. And of course, designing them around energy efficiency utilizing you know the latest technologies from different techniques and spray foam tech technology that's out there right now uh, on-demand style hot water systems heat pump hot water systems radiant floor systems uh, obviously in the the glass side of things the high performance windows being put into homes so we try to look at every single aspect of the home that we build and for three type of 
focuses. The first focus is, you know, how are people going to live in the home? What's it going to be like for them to live in the home and how it functions for them? Then the second part about it is, you know, how it functions from an energy standpoint, the energy that they're producing to, to use in the home, making sure that it's being used efficiently and captured sufficiently to be able to make it the most efficient that it can be. LED lights, yeah. type of insulation uh, are, are the two primary areas where we save a lot of expenses. Of course, uh, Energy Star appliances inside the house, uh, type of windows that we use are also benefactors of that. And then we also look at it from a maintenance standpoint. You know, we're really cognizant about the materials that we use on the exterior of the home to be able to minimize the maintenance that a homeowner would have to do on the home for the life of the home. And using you know, composite materials like for deck and so forth, uh, uh, concrete composite materials on the exterior of the siding of the house is another example. But we're really focused on making sure that the home is not only energy efficient, but also easy to take care of when the people move in. Well, it sounds to me like you have the best of both worlds, because I've seen photographs of energy-efficient homes, net-zero homes from all over the world. And, you know, they, they, sometimes the designs were very, very cold and, you know, almost make you feel like when you come home from work, you're still in an office building. And I think that, you know, your experience in the log and timber industry and understanding the aesthetics, you know, that Smoky Mountain background and, you know, what people really want to relax in their homes. And the other thing I've learned from, you know, interviewing a couple of people on my podcast is that people are not just looking toward energy efficiency to save money every month and, of course, save energy, but the homes are more comfortable. That's and you, and Dan, you hit on that a little bit when you talked about, you know, the you the first priority is to see how people want to live, and it sounds to me like you're thinking about their lifestyle and comfort. So, do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that, and and the the comfort of the LED lighting and how it's better on people's eyes, and how your technologies really help for people to feel better and feel healthier in your homes? Well, certainly. So, you know, when I'm looking at a home to design for a client, they come to me and they got to give me kind of a blank canvas. So what we want to do is sit down with a client and kind of look at their current lifestyle and see how they're living now, and then pick the highlights of those things that make a difference to them and their current lifestyle. But as every homeowner knows, when they build a new home, there's certain things that they don't like and they want their lifestyle to change. So when we look at the house, we design the house from inside out. How do you live? You know, what's the areas that are important to you? Do you like to cook or do you like to do crafts? Or is it important to you to be able to have a social area to where you can entertain people that come into the home? Once we develop those type of criteria, then we're able to design the home around their their lifestyle, what their future lifestyle is going to be. Obviously, I'm a certified aging in place specialist, and we look mm. at those considerations as well to make the house comfortable from the future as well. If they have a wheelchair need or a walker need or even the type of switches that we use inside the house to make the house more comfortable. But the other thing that really makes the house comfortable is, is designing the home to be able to create a lot of natural light coming in the home. Absolutely. I'm a real proponent yeah. of taking and designing a home, looking at how the house sits on the property and seeing which way the sun comes up and sun sets. And I know that sounds you know, a very basic concept, but it really does make a difference when you're trying to design a home 
to be able to allow a lot of natural light in. The more natural light in the home that you can create, the more comfortable people feel inside the home. And we talk about using windows. A lot of people get the misconception that windows aren't energy efficient. With the new energy codes and new energy standards, the type of windows that are being designed and styled now, they're super energy efficient. So you can create more window space in there and still maintain an energy efficient home in regards to how we allow the light in. And if you do the math in your quick math and saying, okay, how many square feet does a window take place on the side of a wall? When you factor that into the siding, the drywall, the framing materials, the paint, the finish, the insulation and everything else, installing a window, depending on the size and style of the window, price per square, square foot is relatively the same expense. And again, hmm. there's some more expensive windows out there that you can put in. But even then, the quality of the natural light coming in, even if you're spending a little bit more for the window, the quality of the unit on the inside is much more dynamic. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big proponent to be able to design the house around from how you live on the inside, putting a lot of natural light coming into the space. But then also in that concept, taking it to the outside is creating bigger overhangs too, to where the overhangs on the outside of the house helps it with the energy efficiency as well. And the orientation of the house, east-west horizons uh, are nice to have to be able to capture the sunlight coming in and out of the house. And the morning sunlight during the morning, obviously the afternoon sunlight during the day. That's that's amazing because I know the passive principles are you know your home could be warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer because of the orientation of your house and Certainly. you know the, the way it faces. But I like your idea. I mean, I I picture you following the arc of the sun on a twelve-hour basis so that you can design you know your overhangs and architectural features so that when the sun is at its hottest point. In the afternoon, or you know, depending on the on the location, that the home isn't going to get too hot. But would would you say that these windows would be not only high performance? Are you using double glazed or triple glazed windows in your your buildings right now? So in our climate zone, you know, yeah. uh, which we would do is a double glazed tile window, but we, obviously we want to use an argon gas filled window that's more energy efficient. So, and then yeah. using a low E glass also, which also helps dissipate some of the heat transfer that's coming inside the, the house uh -huh. as well. But in that context, like you just said, yeah, we designed the home to be able to capture as much natural light coming in but not to where the focus of the windows are then capturing 100% of the heat radiation coming into the home as well. Right. That's developed through the overhangs that we put on the exterior of the house. Um, but that's also part of the idea that we design the home to, and I, and I use this phrase, we design the home like a Yeti cooler. We try to super insulate the house. We use spray foam technology to be able to do that. And we also use another technology, uh, which is called Aero Barrier. It's a, it's a company actually that comes in and actually dissipates a micro particle into the house. Think of it this way. It's like a fix a flat for a house. Like you would have a flat tire on your car <laughs> and you funny. go buy a can of this, the foam and you hook it up and you're on the side of the road yeah. and you plug yeah. it in. It fills your tire up and it also fills the hole. Yeah. Well, this same type of technology has now been developed to be able to do in the house. So once you have your house, completed and it's drywalled in and the insulation's done, then you basically bring in, it's like an aerosol type of program to where you set these 
spray units all throughout the house. You put a blower on the house, you hyperinflate the house, and then you release these micro particles into the home, and then they spread out all over, and then they fill out every little hole in the entire surface of the exterior of the home. So, you know, keeping air inside the house or keeping outside air from getting in the house is the key to making a home energy efficient. So we seal yeah. the house up to yeah. where we have no leaks of air in the house anywhere. And subsequently we create what I call a Yeti cooler effect, almost to the extent to where when you close the door, you could feel the air pressure against your ears, you know, just by the compression of the air mm. being inside the home. So super energy efficient by doing it that way. Yeah, interesting. Now, when, when you have a, a, an airtight house like that, are you incorporating any strategic vents so that some fresh air can come in oh, and stale air can come up? So I wanted to ask you, you mentioned, um, you know, a couple of different types of, you know, exterior sidings. And I was just curious, do you find that, you know, sometimes your customers are looking for the timber and log home, the authentic look, or... Are you also using things like hardy plank or, you know, these cement-based type structured materials that don't have to be painted? You know, what what's hot right now? I mean, what, what are the most requested styles that you find with, when you're custom-built uh, homes? Well, obviously, everything comes down to price point for the client, yeah. depending on yeah. the client that we're working with. But when we're talking about designing a home that's going to be low maintenance and having issues that, like you say, painting, then we do yeah. steer them towards what we would call a fiber cement type of product. A couple of companies, obviously, Hardy's being a yeah. name brand that a lot of people know. Nietzsche has another name brand that's really taken a dominance in the yeah. market right now. And then those companies that are developing products now um, that are, are very wood looking. In other words, they're very much looking like yeah. realistic wood nowadays. Oh and yeah, yeah. Because they are a, a, a cement board and then they hold the paint a lot better than their very minimal maintenance that they would have over the life of the home. But on all the homes that we build, regardless of whether it's a entry level home, we and, and I know a lot of people will probably go look at my website and think, oh, you know, Dan only builds you know, multi-million dollar homes. No, we, I've got a $300,000 home we're building for a client right now. And we try to employ the same technologies in those type of homes as we do on some of the bigger units that we do as well. But regardless on those homes, you know, all the soffit and fascias on all the homes that we build are going to have that fiber cement type of board. You know, in our area, we have what's called bore bees and they'll get up underneath the fascias and especially when you're talking about areas that get a lot of the rain on top of them, like your fascias and your soffits, those are the areas that degrade the fastest on the home. So using that fiber board actually is a, is a not only a saving product for the future of the home, it's very sustainable as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So tell me, like in your in Eagle Cliffs, you've got 72 homes. So are are people choosing their own architectural styles or are you looking for some kind of um you know have everything be kind of homogeneous and follow similar styles well just for eagle cliffs it's a 72 acre project and you know albeit that i could probably pack a lot of density in there it's more like a nature preserve on this particular oh, property okay. it overlooks a very beautiful lake it sits up eagle cliffs obviously we've got a nesting pair of eagles that live in the development oh. and it sits above a lake and so all the views are this picturesque lake view 
That wow. being said, I mean, I have the potential to build 40 plus units inside the property, but I'm only going to build about 25. And that's only for the oh, simple wow. fact that I like having the natural nature space between the units and creating a little personal environment for all the homes that are going to be in there. Of course, these homes, each of them are, are a million plus. And so giving the client a little bit more space around their home instead of putting them in, squeezing them together as much as possible. But since I'm also the builder and the developer, we bring the clients in, we sit down with them, consult with them about what they want to have in their home. And yeah, so the homes here in this particular development are going to be kind of uniform under that kind of mountain modern architectural look. Uh, doesn't okay. mean all of them are going to have the high pitch slope roofs. Uh, some will have gable roofs like any other conventional home. But it's all going to have basically a similar theme with the natural element materials that will be going on the outside as well. Oh, I see. Okay. So there'll be different features where it, which sets each house apart. That's That sounds magical. And so uh, something that you mentioned earlier, Dan, was aging in place. Now, yes. do you find that, are you building any homes that what we call the multi-generational home where grandma and grandpa come to live in with, and they have part of the home is dedicated with a little kitchen and living area for them you do those oh, yes ma'am so when we, we we start looking at the home as far as again people's needs and where they're at in their life at this particular moment in time and when you know we we know even for myself as i've gotten a little older the need to be able to have a, the master on the main as oh, the yeah. example with a guest room on the same floor to be able to have people to come in and stay to be able to look out after yourself so when we talk about the generational style homes yes we look at the idea that maybe especially nowadays when COVID came around people are bringing their families together you know having a mother-in-law quarter on a basement side of the house or even a section of the home makes all the sense in the world even to the extent of having a small kitchenette in an area of the home along with a master suite separated on the other side of the home but yeah. you know yeah. typically for good. us in this particular market, you know, since we build on a lot of sloping terrain, we have a lot of homes that will have basement spaces in them. And again, when we talk about aging in place, the type of stair systems that we use, elevators we put now, uh, some very cost efficient elevators into homes, which are unique to the market nowadays, um, and then access mm -hmm. points from the basement level as well. So. Typically, we'll design a home if we know that that's going to be something that the client's going to want, a mother-in-law living there or parents maybe living there or maybe even themselves moving to the basement space while their kids move up above yeah, on the upper floor. That's true. Uh, that's to take true. care of them as, as coming in. So yeah. you know, we, we try to think of that uh, out into the future as well. Oh, it sounds great. So, so yeah. this another reason why you're very busy. So, you know, one of the things that comes up a lot in the energy efficient home building industry is renewable energy. So do you find are your are your clients asking for roofs that would be ready for solar be able to handle solar panels? I mean, are you being asked to build homes that are solar ready electrically? with the inverters kind of easier to install at a later date or anyone asking for geothermal so, uh, in there? Tell us what's happening. Yes. I mean, so we already, we incorporate those things automatically into the homes that we build. We already put an EV charger inside the garage space. We already plan oh, for nice. that in advance. We already plan for the panels to be able to go onto a roof system. When we're designing the structure itself, especially on these mallet 
we, we talked about the horizon of the house, the east-west horizon. So we're also designing the roof systems to be able to capture the solar energy through all our market as well, preparing for that in advance. Now, the client does have the choice whether they want to execute out the solar panels when the house is built or do that at a later date. Um, but we pre-plan for that, even running our electrical systems. You know, there are several companies now that are making external battery boxes that can mount on the outside of the house. So we'll go ahead and run conduit to those locations where we know that those battery systems can be placed at. And then we're obviously running the wire necessary up into the roof cavity that penetrates through the roof itself and just sits there in a flat box and waits for the future panels. Now, the client decides to go ahead and move forward with the panels at that time. Oh, yes, we install them. But on the geothermal side, we do a lot of geothermal systems. We do vertical systems instead of horizontal systems in our market. It's a little bit easier for us, especially with the rocky terrain that we build on. So we'll actually drill wells on the property and actually drop our geothermal lines down into a well system and then bring them back up into the house. Like a couple hundred feet? Uh, it depends on, you know, where we're building it at and then what the efficiency rating is, you know, for the, the system that we're doing yeah. and the size of the unit. So, yeah, typically no more than 200 feet that we would go down just because of the type yeah. of pumps that we'd have to do to push the liquid around. It's a static system, so the, mm. the, the fluid flows relatively easy, but at the same time, the deeper the well, a lot more weight's pushing that up, on, up out mm. of the well if it goes down into the well. Mm. Okay, so I kind of wanted to wrap up with going back a couple of years ago when you were so nice to contribute some suggestions in my book about what people need to think about if they want to build their own log home from a kit. Yes. And you were you were teaching at Log Home University at the time, I think. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how you'd find the time to do that, but can you, for for all of our listeners who would love to live in Eagle Cliffs or have a million dollar home someday, but are in the, you know, the lower the lower neck of the woods category yeah. where they would like to build their own home and they are enamored with the trend of log and timber living, so. Kind of, you know, share with our listeners what the really good practical advice you gave, which I, you know, what's funny, I have it in my bookshelf. I don't have it with me, so I can't even <laughs> look it up. So uh, can you, can you share some, some good advice to people who would like to be their own general contractor and order a, a log home kit and they have a piece of land and Give some advice on what they should be doing, what should they be thinking about as a priority? Well, yeah, the number one priority, yeah, the number one priority that anybody that's getting ready to take on that endeavor is time. You've got to have the time to be able to invest into that. If it's going to be a part-time process, um, you know, if you don't, if you only have a small amount of time to invest in, example, you've got a full-time job and you're going to try to build your own log or timber frame home. Obviously, you're living someplace now. And then you're going to have to be going back and forth to that project to be able to do it. Hmm. Um, it's, it, it is a huge time commitment uh, to be able to okay. manage any type of construction project, let alone an entire home. But, you know, the biggest thing that I see when individuals start down that process, they don't recognize the uh, time value of their life. 
because hmm. you know it takes on average anywhere from eight to 12 months to build a log home if it's 2000 square foot or more from the beginning to the end of that process. So for that period of time, you're going to have to basically be a full-time job doing it. So when, 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 you got an, when you got a homeowner that you know, wants to take on a project such as that, it's also about financing. You know, most of the banks nowadays, if you're, if you're building it out of pocket and you have your own resources to be able to, you can take as much time as you want. But if you're getting a bank loan and you're going to be using finances uh, from any type of lending institutions, they kind of put constraints on you on time to be able to get that particular home built. So you need to really understand your financial constraints that relates to building it as well as the, the time restraints that you're going to be required to get it done. Also, in context to that, you got to have a strong network of people that you can rely upon to be able to get the job done. In other words, you need to be able to contact the trade network, if you will, to get them out there from the excavator that's going to start the process um, down to the painter that's going to be able to stain the home at the end. So you need to have a resource with somebody you know, as either a mentor or another contractor or somebody else that's willing to work with you and share that network information with you. Because again, mm -hmm. for you to be able to build a home on your own as a single person, especially in a log home, one, it's a daunting task just in a labor format, but it's not, I mean, when you start stacking a log wall, it's, I mean, these logs can weigh 200 pounds each. It's not like you wow. physically can do it by yourself. So you've got to have a crew of people that's going to be able to assist you. Now you can hire those people and that's nothing wrong with that, but it's again, knowing who to hire, where to find these people, and then who's the most reliable for that service. And then also to know that you're being treated fairly. So if you were getting ready to start up your own project, the first thing I would tell you is to find somebody that you can consult with, you know, find a consultant. There's people out there like myself that would consult with you, that would help you through the process, give you the information that you need step by step. And then you can go out and do those steps and then you come back and get more information and then take the next step. But without having a consultant or without having somebody that's going to help you with those resources, I, I just wouldn't recommend it. Um, and, the, and the truth is, is that right now in today's world and just the way construction is, uh, especially with the code requirements that are out there and some of these homes that are being built, the municipalities now are stepping up their game a little bit about making sure that the home is being constructed properly. Hmm. It's, it's difficult to be your own contractor. Uh, it, it, it just is. There's some markets where you still can do it, but it's just it's just difficult. Yeah. But the biggest advice that I would give somebody is find somebody that you can work with, that you can be, act as a consultant and that can also come out there and visit with you at the job site to look at what you're doing and then and then give you opinion or quality control for those trade contractors as well. Unless you are in the industry. Uh, there's a lot of things that can happen during the construction process that can cost you a lot of money if they're not paid attention to. Example, if the foundation's off just by an inch or two, especially on a log home, one that kit that you bought, uh, that could be a twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollar mistake because of modifying wow. the package. So yeah, wow. you've got to be you've got to be real careful. One, understanding the process if you've never been in the industry, but also having somebody to kind of hold your hand through that process. Now, obviously you know, building your own home and doing it. And I've helped a lot of people do this. I've helped a lot of people go through this entire process and build their own home. But the truth of it is, is that without having my input, they would have made a lot of mistakes and those mistakes would have cost them a lot of money. 
I believe it. I believe it. So I would recommend, and I, I'm sure you would agree, Dan, that, you know, I I interviewed Donna Peak a few weeks ago, and we're mm-hmm. going, you know, that we have a podcast about all of the opportunities to find log home kits and timber home kits and also attend log home university and get the names of manufacturers. But I would imagine that I think the biggest challenge for people is, you know, how to find the right piece of land and, you know, how to make a decision on that land, whether it's graded the proper way. I mean, how much rock might be underneath that land. And as you just pointed out, if someone were to have the foundation laid down before the contractor comes in to deliver the actual home, that could be a really costly mistake if the foundation wasn't properly, properly done, done to fit. And so, so Dan, your advice, you're, you know, like the grant, the grandfather of all construction and right from the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, everyone, you have talked to Someone who is to be so admired. I mean, all the big national trade associations go to Dan, and I'm so happy and and lucky that you took the time to join us today. So I guess people can find you and your company at www.eaglecdi.com. That's right. Oh, my 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 personal email address is simple, and I don't mind sharing. It's dan at eaglecdi.com too. And if you have questions like that that come up, I and yes, Anna, thank you for saying so. I, I do stay pretty busy, but I do get back to people. Just give me a little bit of time to be able to respond. And and I do consult with people and help them through the different processes. And just sharing a couple more notes with you, Anna, just you, you talk about being busy. You know, the industry has given me so much and I'm so blessed to be able to get to do what I do. And uh, it's an honor that you know, so many people reach out to me to help them with their projects or consult with me that way. But the truth is, is that I love giving back. I mean, because if it makes a difference to one person and it helps them with their project and whatever it may be, and it changes their path in a positive way, then I'm more than willing to make that difference for them. That is absolutely heartwarming. Thank you. And if if you don't have a pen or if you didn't take down the correct information, you can always email me through my website, annadesimone.net. And all of the additional information that Dan has provided will be noted on my website. Although when the podcasts are streamed through Amazon, Google, Spotify, etc., um, normally it would just include the website of your company, CDI, that's in cat, dog, and ink, maybe. (laughs) Eagle eagle for the bird, of course, construction development with integrity.com, eaglecdi.com. Aha, it definitely the integrity shown through and every word that you said today. Dan, thank you so much. I'll let you get back to work. Enjoy the beautiful weather and the surroundings of the beautiful Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the Live in a Home That Pays You Back podcast. We hope you tune in again where we'll share more insider secrets so you get the absolute most out of your home. Check out Anna Simone's award-winning book, Live in a Home That Pays You Back. Available at Amazon and major booksellers in print, audio, and ebook. For more information, visit annadesimone.net. 
If you like what you heard, remember to follow Live in a Home That Pays You Back and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.